This episode is brought to you by KPMG Risk Services. KPMG believes that when you've earned the trust of all your stakeholders, that's when your business has a solid platform to grow. That's the trusted imperative. KPMG Risk Services develop and put in place dynamic risk strategies designed to help your business earn that all-important trust. Go to read.kpmg.us slash trust to learn more. Hey, this is Randy Gage, and you're listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. If you demean money, if you demean material things by expressing such thoughts as it's only money or they're just things, I would submit that you are repelling them from you. And I would also submit this is not woo-woo delusionalist, delusional, I guess is the correct word, uh, babble, cycle babble. This is simply physics. The physics of how we attract and repel prosperity. Hey, good morning from Miami. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever else in the world you may be. Please check in in the chat and let us know where you're watching from. If you're on the replay on the YouTube channel, same thing. Welcome to the Prosperity Unchurch. (laughs) Uh, This is a for-profit prosperity ministry that I do with a celebration service every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern, as in New York, Miami time. Uh, And then we rebroadcast it every Monday on the Power Prosperity podcast and also post it on my Prosperity TV YouTube channel. Uh, If you're new here, uh, it's not a church. It's not a religion. It really is the unreligion. (laughs) It's the unchurch for people who don't like to go to church or people who, and people of all different faiths and people of no faith. It's just a uh, lesson every week on the principles of prosperity, generosity, and free enterprise. And I do this on a love offering basis, meaning you uh, contribute whatever you feel the lesson lessons are worth to you. Um, so um, if you want to make sure you never miss one, you could subscribe to the podcast, Power Prosperity Podcast, or subscribe and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, I want to start this week with the homework from last week. The lesson, because I think it kind of sets the tone for where we're going to go from here for the rest of the lesson. Uh, The topic last week was overcoming to become. So, uh, and the homework I gave you was think of the best example in your life when a closed door led to a better outcome. And then the second assignment I gave you was list the three greatest 
setbacks or challenges that created the most growth for you. So I'm looking for a volunteer who wants to kind of share that they did the homework and want to share their thoughts. Uh, let me go. Okay, I Jorge Melendez, I see you're eager to speak. So let's let's start with you. Good morning. Um, well, to me, the example was uh, I had saved at one moment around $25,000 because I wanted to publish my first book around 12 years ago. Uh, 13 years ago, I wanted to publish my first book. And just when I was about to sit down and start writing that book, a dear friend of mine offered me to sell me a self-help newspaper. I had just walked out pretty much of the journalistic world. I had been a journalist for almost 18 years at the time for two dailies in Puerto Rico. And I said, well, I'm a journalist. What the hell? I think I could own a newspaper. Unbeknownst to me, my ignorance, I thought it would be translating an occupation into a dedication, which I did not have a lot of the tools to really run the business adequately. So three years into that investment, I has lost $350,000. I was mirrored into looking into bankruptcy and I had to sell the newspaper for one fifth of what it was worth after I had lost all that. So when that door closed, I thought that I had lost it all. It took me a year to get back up, but then eventually I was able to write that first book coming out of the, that door that closed. Eventually I had learned to, I had to take accountability. I had to look about what was I not willing to look at? What other things that I was not really willing to train myself and dominate to really learn and lead a business properly? And then eventually I was able to write the book, which I published 10 years ago. Love it. Yeah, and I think the, the thing I want people to really get out of these lessons, um, because if you remember last week, I offended and shocked some people when I talked about that suffering was part of prosperity, that disease and illness is part of prosperity, that death is even part of prosperity because you can't have life without death, or at least not yet, although we're working on it, right? You can't have true, can you really have true happiness if you have never experienced sadness, right? Can you appreciate uh, uh, a place like Hawaii or Alaska, if you're just born there and that's all you've ever known, whereas if you come from somewhere maybe not as bountiful, bountiful and beautiful, and then you experience it. I, I just remember my, that was my dream. I grew up watching Hawaii Five-0, not the uh, the Daniel Day Kim version, but the uh, what was it? Jack Lord version, right? The original back in the seventies. And oh my, my dream was one day I'm going to Hawaii. And then that dream. Right. That iconic theme song. Right? In my brain. Yeah. So, um, and then that dream kind of morphed into, I'm going to find somebody to go to Hawaii with me. And then it evolved into, I'm going to find somebody going to Hawaii with me and we're going to fly their first class and we're going to get a suite on the ocean. And uh, so that dream, that vision really crystallized. It was one of the things I put on a vision board. And then I remember when it happened. It was, and it was back when Continental was still an airline. 
and they had 747s and the first class section was up in the bubble. And that was the first time I'd ever ridden first class, right? I always, I was, I was growing my business. So I was flying economy everywhere, saving my money, reinvesting it in the business. And then I kept socking away all my frequent flyer miles. And then I had enough for two first class tickets to Hawaii for a two week dream vacation. Um, it was, you know, and, but I don't think I could have, I don't think I would have appreciated Hawaii as much as I was born there than as the fact that I was born in Wisconsin, where we have 60 below wind chill factors in January and two feet of snow on the ground sometimes. And it doesn't quite have the mountains and the volcanoes and the palm trees and the things that Hawaii does. And so that's an, an important part is recognizing that it's, there's nothing, you, you're not, you didn't um, do something wrong because your beloved pet died or a loved one passed away or you're facing a challenge. Challenges are part of the process. Uh, these obstacles are stepping stones that allow us to grow and uh, become the person we're meant to be. So let me see. We have something that was very critical also for that door opening was stopping, stop being a victim of myself in the whole situation of where I lost the business and becoming accountable and responsible for it. Yes, yes. Yeah, it does do the personal thing. All right, I'm looking for other volunteers. I see we got Rena in the house. We got David from Napa Valley Wines, in the wine region in the house. I have the lovely and talented Lornette who sent these beautiful birthday flowers to me. She sends me flowers nicer than the flowers I send myself. There's not many people who do that. Jedi Bob Berg is in the house, I see. Anyway, we got any other volunteers? Raise your hand. Let me know if you want to share your homework. Okay, Esther in, uh, okay, so I'm going to ask to unmute. Okay, so unmute, please, and then you can share your homework. <clears throat> yes, we hear you. <laughs> uh, I think returning Miami and slowly job. I think this is the biggest gift because uh, this place, Budapest, is an awesome, beautiful city where I live. But uh, I think Miami, the lights, gives some kind of gift for me with the ocean and the nice weather. And uh, I think Miami is the Hawaii for me. And uh, I think the suffering, uh, which uh, higher level economic uh, understand to travel to somewhere is totally different than for us because our uh, payments and work uh, is so much less than uh, a European uh, economical or a United States. So when we work for something, we uh, afford everything what you do in the United States or in, a, in Europe, but uh, to travel to a higher class is some kind of special gift for us. And that's what um, I think the biggest suffering that you're collecting for a nice travel, for a nice time, 
and then you're collecting for years for, for a nice uh, pleasant time. And it was to do for months to be get there because of the distances. So I think that's what I think my homework that uh, we work, we do our general life in a prosperous way, not suffering. And then we can afford something which is natural for a higher class. I think that's right. the, the biggest uh, lesson for us that we live in, in a nice way without suffering anything. And then you, you, you can afford something which is uh, Hawaii from Wisconsin. <laughs> and I think <laughs> gift <laughs> every time. And I'm waiting too much after the the last uh, <laughs> Sandy. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank we you. And we, we plan to be get there <laughs> and we get a gift to return. And it always remember me if we get a hurricane. <laughs> we get the hurricane to return. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. That's part of the thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> yes, I think. And I live in Miami. Different. You think that you get the hurricane, for example, that remembers you that you will be here shorter to be um, working harder. And next time you think at the hurricane times and you leave Florida, for example, me, uh, that next time you will be get there longer. And it, I think it depends on the thing. Yes. All right. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, hurricane's a great example. I mean, I live, people that say to that to me all the time, aren't you worried about the hurricanes? You know, or same thing when I'm in California, they say, what about the earthquakes? That's all, even the tsunami, which was one of the most horrific disasters, natural disasters of, of terms of loss of life. Uh, all that salt water that went in all those places in Asia and that they thought this is this is going to kill all the plants and the vegetation. It'll be decades before these areas come back to life because they, these plants grow only on fresh water. They can't grow with salt water. The salt water will, has killed them all. And actually, by the next year, it was some of the most abundant uh, wildlife they had ever seen, right? There's always yin and yang. There is always different aspects to that. Um, and so, and I think it's really relevant to our lesson this week because where we run into problems is we assign judgment to things that should not be judged, right? We, uh, if, if uh, a coconut falls off a tree and hits you in the head, you're, you're mad at the coconut or the tree but that's just the way nature is supposed to work. This is how nature reproduces, right? Is, is watermelon seeds grow into future watermelon and acorns grow into oak trees and things die and things are birthed. And it's not about assigning positive, negative, good and bad, because when we do that, we assign emotions. We experience emotions and we ascribe human emotions to non-human things, which means we ascribe human motivations to non-human things. So if you assign the motivation that this hurricane 
is a mean entity that is coming to destroy Miami, you're totally making that up, okay? The hurricane is just the way nature replenishes itself. This is how the earth uh, uh, cools the temperature and maintains its balance with the atmosphere and the oceans and gravity and going around the sun and all of those physical uh, uh, physics uh, aspect of it. So I'm maintaining that prosperity is physics. And that's what I want us to really do a deep dive in in the lesson this week. Um, millions and maybe billions of people see prosperity as some kind of mystical process. And that's the, the thing I want to really dispel in this lesson. It's, there's nothing really mystical about it. The things we think are mystical are usually pretty fact-based, scientific, natural phenomenon that we just don't understand very well. So we ascribe these metaphysical, these mystical, these magical qualities that really don't apply there. They just don't apply. And I think it takes us to the, if you remember, and I, I think it was the very first lesson we ever did, I got, I brought out my book here from Charles Fillmore called Prosperity. And I talked about the atoms and, you know, going down to the molecular level, uh, which is what he did in the, one of the first chapters of the book. So atoms are single neutral particles. And when they group together, they become molecules. So you, your car, this microphone I'm talking into, this desk that I have my laptop set on, um, uh, they all would appear to be physical objects. But on the molecular level, most of that density is comprised of empty space. So I can hold up my iPhone here and you'd say, well, this looks, this is a solid object, but most of this iPhone and most of this guy, this person who's holding the iPhone is actually empty space with particles swimming around in them. Uh, and think of, in terms of what Fillmore was talking about in the prosperity book, think of that empty space as metaphysical substance and the particles as manifested substance. So think of the, the space as metaphysical substance. Think of the particles in the space as manifested substance. And by the way, if, if I took this phone to a university that would have a neutrino beam, they could actually fire the neutrino beam through this phone and it could go in between the particles. And proportionately, the difference between the beam and the nearest particle is proportionate to the distance between Earth and the moon. That's how much space. It's actually most of the things that we would say are solid are 99.99999% space. So what's the point of all this? Molecules contain electrical energy 
whose mathematical arrangement determines the composition of all things. Of you, me, my cell phone, the desk, all of these things, they're all by how the molecules are arranged. And so the, when I talk about electrical energy, which is the physics uh, aspect that we're gonna really focus on today, um, the smallest particle of electrical energy is an electron. So that's where that, you know, electron, where does that come from? That's the smallest possible particle of uh, electrical energy. So uh, what do we know from not just the Fillmore book, but from what physics teaches us is that the space and the particles are charged with energy, magnetism, cosmic rays, electricity, and light rays. It's all energy vibrations. It's all energy vibrations and energy can be attracted and it can be repelled. Let me see if I can get a little better light in here. It's a gorgeous day in Miami. I don't wanna be too dark in here. So this is why you can walk into a room and you feel that the people in this room were having an argument before you walked in. How do you know that? It isn't ESP, it's nothing really magical. It's because the air is charged with electrical energy. Angry electric, anger, angry energy is what the, the air is charged with. And if you're a perceptive human, you can feel that angry energy just walking in the room. So here's the thing about the energy is this is true, not just for you, my desk, the microphone, your cell phone, whatever, um, but also with dollars and euros and pesos and yen and pounds. Uh, they're all imbued with electrical energy, energy that can be attracted or energy that can be repelled. So here's a question for you. Think of the money you have right now in your purse or your wallet or your pocket. By the way, do you see my nice little gym bottle? We got radical rebirth on one side and a picture of me and me amorcita de mi vida on the other side, which somebody took from my Facebook page and put on a gym bottle and sent me as a gift with no card in it. And I have no idea who sent me this lovely gift. So if you're watching, thank you. And let me know who you are because <laughs> I have no idea. It just arrived and I, Dug everywhere, read everywhere in the label. There's no gift note anywhere. So who's ever circulating prosperity to me, thank you for that. Uh, so let's go back to the money in your wallet, your purse or whatever. Here would be the, the, the uh, test I would give you. If we take the money out of your purse, let's say you're living here in the US, is it the $20 bills and then the $10 bills? and then the $5 bills and the $1 bills. 
or are they all mixed up? Are they all facing forward with the dead presidents looking at you or are some forward and some backwards? Is it all, are you one of those uh, boob money people with your crumpled up $20 in your bra? Are you the, uh, you know, how do you respect your money? Because I would argue that, and if you, whenever you can test me, whenever you run into me, say, hey, Gage, pull the money out of your pocket. Let me see how it's arranged. You will see it's always arranged in one way. Everything is right side up. It goes from the $100 bills down to the $1 bills. And it's always that way with no exception because I, I wouldn't treat money with any less respect than that. I, I want my money to be harmonious the same way I want my mind to be harmonious. If you look at my checkbook, and yes, I still have a checkbook. Some of you millennials, you'll probably have to Google that to see what it is. But I actually have a checkbook. There's a couple of people I still pay who want checks, right? Um, I write the date, the check number, even though I don't even keep a balance in the checkbook because I see my balance online, I still notate the checks and I do it in legible writing in a harmonious way because I respect the money that's in my checking account. And because I respect it, I treat it with respect, I believe I attract more of that to me. I would make the case, and I will at this very moment in the space-time continuum, that even cryptocurrency, which doesn't exist in a physical bill or coin, but is instead an, an accounting number or an accounting entry on the blockchain, still would qualify in the energy vibration category. It can be attracted or it could be repelled. So if you remember when I wrote um, Risky is the New Safe, that got a lot of published. That became an international bestseller, New York Times bestseller, Wall Street Journal, Publishers Weekly, number one USA Today money book, um, everywhere and in 20 different languages, right? Uh, I remember one day, I, you know, I opened my email and there's a, a you know, a notice from my um, agent that, oh, we just deposited $40,000 into your account um, for last quarter for the Turkish rights of the Risky book, right? That's how many books they sold in Turkish that I earned $40,000 in royalty for a three-month period, because that's how big that book became around the world. And it was shocking when it came out, because I talked about things like cryptocurrency, and I said, they're here to stay. This is a viable innovation that will not go away. This is something powerful. And I talked about, I predicted Brexit in that book and the CRISPR technology and genetic engineering and stuff that today uh, people think is like boring, obvious stuff. At the time I wrote the book, I think a big reason why it did so well is because I was on all these TV and radio shows 
And people thought I was whacked out crazy because I was talking about these things, right? But so I respected Bitcoin when it came out and oh, you know, cryptocurrencies in general. Now, just so you know, I don't currently invest. I don't want to say this. This is not investment advice. I will, here's what I will tell you is I bought Bitcoin when it was trading at four, at uh, uh, 14, uh, $40, when it was $40, no, when it was, uh, I think like uh, $40 and I sold it when it was $15,040 or $14,040. And I had a lot of Bitcoin. So if you do the math, you'd say, oh, I made a ton of money, right? Um, but I really felt like, and still feel to this day, like I don't see cryptocurrencies as investments, even though they're obviously, I mean, look at what Bitcoin is at today. I mean, think of how many more millions of dollars I would have made if I, if I, traded it, you know, if I sold it yesterday instead of when I sold it. Um, but that's irrelevant to me. I, you know, I see it as a meth, as a medium of exchange. So to me, Bitcoin is no different than the US dollar or the, the Mexican peso or the Japanese yen, other than I think um, it's, it's less of a factor of being disrupted by inflation and ridiculous government policies and foolish government decisions and things like that. Um, but I respected the, when I looked at the blockchain, I said, this makes sense. This is not a fad. This is not something that's going to go away. This will become a viable alternative to government fiat currency. And because I showed it that respect, I think that's why it was such a profitable investment for me. Um, so it doesn't have to be a physical thing. Because remember, these things we call physical, I'd say this nice gym bottle somebody got me is physical, but it's 99.99999% space. And that space is charged with electrons. And electrons can be attracted and they can be repelled. So... Let me read this. I wrote this down. I want you to get it word for word. You create a mental energy state about how you perceive money and material things. And that energy interacts positively or negatively with the other energy surrounding you. You physically attract or repel things depending on the energy you are emitting. Otra vez. You create a mental energy state about how you perceive money and material things, and that energy interacts positively or negatively with the other energy surrounding you. You physically attract or repel things depending upon the energy you are emitting. Okay. So let me just check and make sure this is nobody trying to log on. Hey, uh, 
Okay. All right. Got that. Paula, got that. Jorge, Jorge, you are. And by the way, did I, is Jose with us yet? Do I need to, um, I want to make him a co-host if I see him on here. I know he had to come on late today. I haven't seen him yet. Yeah, I don't see him. So maybe he's not on yet. Okay. Uh, yeah, Chris just wrote Bitcoin hit 61K. Jose's on already. Um, just so you to know, he's on. I saw him just now. Okay, so Jose, is your camera off? No, he's if on. If he it's on, if it's on, wave to me. I'm going through the screens. Uh, okay, there you are. Okay, I asked you to unmute. Oh, I don't know. I don't need to unmute you. I need to co-host you. <laughs> Never mind. Okay, so you're now a co-host. Uh, yeah, so Chris has mentioned Bitcoin just hit 61K, right? Um, so it'd be really easy for me to say, oh my God, I sold it at 14,000. Now it's at 60,000. That's three times. It's irrelevant. Remember, money is infinite. Money, love, hugs, happiness, harmony, all forms of true prosperity are infinite. And the more value we offer the universe, the more money we will attract back to us. Right? This, you know, this is why I've made this a for-profit prosperity ministry. Right? People ask me all the time, hey, why, you should start a church. And I'm like, I'm not going to start a church. That's not congruent with the principles I live by, right? Um, I don't see myself as a, a nonprofit charity, right? I believe in value for value exchange. And so I had this crazy, bold, audacious, ridiculous, stupid, crazy idea that I was going to start this prosperity ministry the first week of January and just do it on a love offering basis, right? If anyone else doing this, right? Just look in your Twitter feed, look on your Facebook, look on your Instagram. Everybody else doing this is charging $37 a course, $47 a course, $97 for every lesson or pay $2,000 and get access to the library. And I just said, you know, I'm going to put this value out to the universe and the universe will reward me in the value to which I'm giving it. And I've always said, I want everyone who needs these teaching to get them. So I've always said, hey, if it's a dollar a week, if that's what you can work to support the work, do that. And I get, that's my favorite, you know, I get a little alert. Hey, so-and-so just put $1 contribution, $2, $5. I get so many of those. I love those. And I have other people, and by the way, Esther is one who supports the show in a big way. I have other people like her and people who every week send a, a fixed amount, who's do send, Michael and, and Martina send $37 every week, and other people send uh, $97 every week, right? That was just me practicing the principles that I'm teaching to say, hey, if let's see if this is value of the universe. And, and if I find that it's not financially viable, which it isn't yet, right? Like I don't make the kind of money doing this that I do when I do these for my private clients, right? Because I, I get paid a lot of money to be a professional speaker. I'm in the speaker hall of fame, spoke to more than 2 million people around the world. 
I get a pretty good fee, right? So even my uh, virtual presentation fee is 50% of my regular fee. And it's, it's a high number. So I'm not, um, I don't make, and I believe it or not, I spend a lot of time on these lessons, right? If you notice, I don't just go up here and speak off the cuff rambling on. I have a lesson plan. I have a, a curriculum that I've created for this course. And I spend many hours every week planning what it is that I want to share with you because I, I want to make sure you understand the underlying dynamics of how prosperity is actually manifested. And, um, you know, I, I'm going to give this an opportunity to grow. And that's why I say it's up to you guys. If you contribute to support the work, I will continue to do it. If you don't, I'll say, well, the universe is telling me that that really isn't adding as the value that it needs for you to invest that amount of time in it. So you need to find a different way and do it through your blog or just do it through your paid speeches or um, your, you know, uh, your podcast or some other way. Uh, oh, thank you. So Paula put up, this is the page where you can support the work. It's just randygage.com forward slash go for you guys who are listening on the podcast, randygage.com forward slash go. Uh, and then you can practice the principles of circulating prosperity, just like I'm practicing the principles of free enterprise, generosity, and prosperity, right? So we attract or repel prosperity. So this whole unchurch crazy, because believe me, I have friends who told me I was insane to do such a thing, right? To just put this out and tell people they could pay whatever they want to pay. My, my professional speaking friends uh, were, you know, pummeling me. <laughs> but I just feel like, hey, I believe in these principles. This is how I became very wealthy, is living by these principles. And I think if I share these principles, it will put that value out to the world. Now, let's get really sexy with this. Here's what I want you to understand. This law of attracting and repelling uh, energy vibrations doesn't just apply to money. It doesn't just apply to material comforts. It also applies to your mental harmony, to your health, to your relationships, and to your environment around you. You will attract or repel all of the different ways of prosperity based on the energy signals you're sending out. Hey, Gerardo, nice to see you in here. All right, so let's talk about some practical application. Because I told you, this isn't a bunch of woo-woo psychobabble. This is simple physics, right? So let me give you some examples. If you believe people with a lot of money are evil, your subconscious mind will work hard to make sure you don't become one. Simple physics. Let me say that again. If you believe people with a lot of money are evil, your subconscious mind will work hard to make sure you don't become one. Simple physics. 
All right. Listen, let me get a Kleenex. Jorge or Paula or Jose, would you just tell people about the Spanish version when you do it and put it up and, and give me one minute? I'll be right back. Hey, Jose. Go ahead, Jose. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. Hello, everyone. We do have a space that we do every Saturday at 12 p.m. Um, that would be 12 p.m. Mexican time, Colombian time would be 1 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to put the information in the, in, the, in the chat. And we do the same information that Ryan is doing right now. We do it in Spanish for the Spanish-speaking community uh, with the same commitment and the same focus of bringing this information uh, to them. All right, great. And, some, and is it in the... Did, yeah, yeah, the link is in the, in the chat. Yes, it is already there. All right. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, so I said, if you believe people a lot of money are evil, your subconscious will cause you to self-sabotage. That's what I did for 30 some years because I was working consciously because I wanted to be rich. I said, I will be a millionaire by the time I'm 35 years old. So I was doing everything in my power to become a millionaire on the conscious level. But I had this terrible subconscious programming that rich people were evil people and I didn't want to be an evil person. So subconsciously, I kept sabotaging myself. So this leads me to the next practical application. And if for some reason you do become rich, your uncle leaves you $200,000, you win the lotto for $5 million, your subconscious mind will work hard to make sure you find a way to self-sabotage your success. That's not woo-woo, that's simple physics. If you're a drama queen or drama king, <laughs> craving constant chaos around you, you repel harmony. Simple physics. We all know people like that. They just attract every calamity, catastrophe. Um, you know, I, I always, I, I, I piss off a lot of people when I say this, but I'm going to say it again. When the calamity, when the victim is ready, the calamity will appear. <laughs> okay. When the victim is ready, the calamity, the catastrophe, the, you know, whatever emergency will appear. It's simple physics. Next one. When you share love, hugs, smiles, empathy, generosity, you attract even more back to you. Simple physics. If you want, if you imprint a desire strong enough in your subconscious mind, your subconscious mind will work to manifest that vision on the physical plane. Simple physics. Your conscious mind has a, a thought, an outcome in mind. Your subconscious mind has an outcome in mind. Whichever one the subconscious mind is is, is geared to, that's the one that's going to happen, guys. So anything you can do to imprint deeper onto the subconscious mind makes that more powerful than the conscious mind. 
And this is why we talked a couple of lessons ago uh, about affirmations, writing down affirmations, writing the screenplay of your perfect day, recording affirmations that you play during meditations, creating a dream board with visual images of things you want to do, have, or become. So every time you walk by, even when it's in your peripheral vision, it's another impression on your subconscious mind. So when you imprint a desire strong enough in your subconscious mind, it will continue to work every day, relentlessly, 24 hours a day, until you manifest that on the physical plane. Simple physics. Um, and then the last thing I would say is this. This is why I tell you that when you vibrate at a higher level of prosperity consciousness, you will attract the right people and circumstances to manifest abundance in your life. On the metaphysical level, you are bending the universe to your will. But on the scientific level, it's simple physics. <laughs> okay? Let me challenge you to be bold, daring, and audacious. Let me challenge you with how I start my day. I wake up every single day with the objective that I'm going to do something today to rearrange the universe. <laughs> okay? Now you can say I'm megalomaniacal, narcissistic, egotistical. It doesn't matter to me. I'm sure many people think those things about me. That's not my problem. That's their problem. I really believe that I have the ability, that you have the ability to rearrange the structure of the solar system every day when you wake up. So you could be sitting in Africa, as some of you are right now. You could be sitting in uh, Liberty City or Overtown or Compton or National City or Barrio Bonanza in uh, uh, Colombia in uh, Bogota, or you could be in a barrio in Sao Paulo, Brazil, in the heart of the most devastating poverty, and you still can do something today to rearrange the solar system. Do you get that? Do you really get that? And I know you do, by the way, uh, Svetson Ivanov. I just, I can, I can read it on your face as you're, you know, nodding along. Your smile, it's the first time I, you just broke into such a big smile that, that with the, the audacity of that statement. But remember, when you go to Whole Foods Market and instead of just, throwing your peanut butter on the thing and you look at the cashier and you say, hi, how are you today? You've changed some 
energy vibration that will have a different effect in the universe. The, the, there's going to be something different about the way they say hi to the person in line behind you or the way they treat their children when they go home. And because they, they have a little more empathy and a little more happiness or a little more self-esteem, they treat their child a, a, a different way and that child grows up to invent the cure for cancer. And you did that last Tuesday when you went to the supermarket and you don't even know you did it. And 20 years from now, when that kid grows up and manifests you know, the first uh, settlement on Mars or the first whatever, you're not gonna get any credit, but you started that reaction, that chain reaction of things. <sighs> Potential prosperity Listen very, very carefully to this. Potential prosperity exists as a metaphysical substance which is present everywhere in the known universe. We convert it to physical form through the catalyst of thought energy, or more specifically, the power of ideas. This was the, the, uh, the basic premise of Phil Moore's book, Prosperity, was that we're surrounded, that prosperity is in the ethers all around us as metaphysical substance. And the way we transform metaphysical substance, or think of metaphysical substance as potential prosperity, the way you manifest it, the way you transform it from the ethers into um, uh, uh, physical manifestation or manifestation in the physical realm is through the power of ideas. So I'm here to tell you, if you come to these prosperity lessons every week because you think you have a money shortage I'm going to challenge you and say, you don't have a money shortage. You have an idea shortage. Because the only thing between you and your prosperity is your next great idea. All right, let's take up the offering. And then after that, we're going to come back and I want to give you your assignments. So, Paula, can you put up the website again? So, randygage.com forward slash go, Venmo, PayPal, however you want to do it. But if you believe in the work, support the work. If you believe in the work, circulate the work. So, uh, and then we have an offering statement there. So, can you pull up? I think let's skip to the offering statement, uh, the affirmation, please, Paula. If for you guys who I like to, to you know, again, money is energy. We attract it or repel it. So even you guys who are going to give $1 on Venmo or $2 on PayPal, I want us to create this energy that we circulate with it. So this is the affirmation. You can go along with me if you want. Prosperity begins with me. Holding this seed offering in my hand or my heart, 
I send it forth as a vessel of hope, healing, and highest good, knowing it blesses myself, the recipient, and the universe around us. Amen, amen, and so it is. All right, so let's talk about your assignments. Because if you're new here, I give you assignments every week. You don't get to just come by and look pretty in the Zoom box. I'm giving you homework. And there's a test every week, as you saw. We, we go back and we find people from the week before who are willing to share their homework. So here's your assignment for this week's lesson, okay? Um, it's only one thing. What is the single most effective thing you can do this week to attract more prosperity in your life. You guys on the replay, somebody on YouTube, type this in, somebody in the chat room. What is the single most effective thing you can do this week to attract more prosperity in your life? or into your life. Because remember, we've, we know that this is just science at work, that these are energy, electrical vibrations. Electrons can be arranged and rearranged. We can rearrange the solar system with simple actions we take on any given day. And so we can be a co-creator in our own health and happiness, and healthy relationships, and financial net worth, and the environment, and the uh, harmony, and the uh, luxury or abundance with which we surround ourselves with. We can dynamically influence that stuff as a co-creator. So I want you to really think about it. Take, you know, don't just run into your next thing after this class. Don't just jump on Instagram and start scrolling through what you missed for the last hour. Set aside 10 minutes and just think about this question. What is the single most effective thing you could do right now this week that would attract, not repel, but attract more prosperity into your life? Okay, let me tell you what the lesson for next week is. And I'm going to challenge you, call five people between now and next Saturday and get them on that broadcast next week live. Five people from your posse, okay, that you, you want to form a mastermind with, that you want to get them in this group, all right, and between now and then. Because here's the topic, creating a vacuum for prosperity, and if you read any of my prosperity books, if you follow my blog, if you follow my podcast, you know we've talked a lot about the vacuum law of prosperity. So next week, if you attend that class, you're going to get a PhD in the vacuum law of prosperity. Because let me share this thought with you. Prosperity first must be given because your heart can never hold that which it hasn't released. 
So just ponder that a minute, that prosperity has to be given first because your heart can't hold anything that it hasn't already released. And when you release something or someone, you create a vacuum and then the universe fills it with good. And that's what we're going to do the deep dive on next week. So peace, love, and unicorns. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Hey, thanks for listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Do me a favor and practice the circulation law of prosperity and tell people about Prosperity TV. So if you would, just put something up on your Tumblr, your Twitter, your Facebook, your YouTube. Uh, Let people know what you think of the Power Prosperity Podcast. Even take a screenshot of your phone and maybe post that picture uh, so we can build the community here at the podcast. Thanks, guys.